KBCS Music and Ideas. Border Angels is a nonprofit organization advocating for humane immigration reform. Their work is aimed to reduce the number of fatalities along the U.S.-Mexico border by educating and assisting the communities on both sides of it. Border Angels offers immigration and employee rights consultation, water drops to help migrants pass through the desert, and caravans of support and aid to migrants in need. KBCS spoke with Dulce Garcia, immigration attorney and executive director of Border Angels. Garcia has deferred action for childhood arrivals or DACA status as she arrived in the U.S. when she was four. Garcia is also one of a number of people who sued the Trump administration for its decision to end the federal government's DACA program. The case is still waiting for a Supreme Court decision, but this lawsuit has encouraged hundreds of thousands of DACA recipients to renew their status while the case remains open. KBCS asked Garcia how she got into immigration law. I was one of the lucky people to know from very young that I wanted to be an attorney. I would watch the TV, the movies, and read the books, and I would always see or read about lawyers being heroes. It was when I was in college that my brother was stopped by a police officer for driving suspiciously. I believe today was very much racial profiling, and he was immediately turned over to ICE, and he was put in a detention center and he was transported 100 miles from San Diego to this detention center. And for those of us that are in the border region, we know we have border patrol present and we have checkpoints, but I risked going through those checkpoints to go see my brother because I thought that that was the last time that I would see him. I was confused, we were scared, and I wanted to make sure that even if it was the last time I would see my brother that I got to see him once more. So I went to the detention center, and when I saw him, and I saw my brother's spirit just broken, it changed something in me. My younger brother, he was the life of the party in high school. He would play sports, his hair was always on point, his clothing, his shoes, he was really popular, he was always having a smile. I was a nerdy one. <laughs> my mom would force us to go to school dances together, and. My brother would tell me, five feet in front of behind because you're too nerdy, right? And so that was my brother. When I went to the detention center and I saw him behind the glass window, I realized that he was not himself anymore. He had been given an alien registration number. So he'd been stripped of his identity. He had been given a jumpsuit. He had been given shoes without shoelaces so that he wouldn't attempt suicide. I could tell he had been crying, and I could tell he was trying to put a brave face for me and not cry in front of me. And that image behind the glass window changed me forever. I have that image, and I have it with me every single day when I do this work, um, because I remember the fear he had in his eyes. I remember how confused he was. He was three years old when we came to the U.S. I was four. And there he was, people were telling him he was gonna be deported to Mexico and he doesn't remember Mexico at all. He grew up here, this is all he knows. And so not knowing where we stood in this immigration system uh, was terrifying to us. The judge had placed a bond in the amount of $15,000. 
for those of us that are undocumented to save a dollar is really hard to have fifteen thousand dollars to bond him out was nearly impossible so he spent over two months in that detention center uh, eventually we begged the judge to reduce his bond and, and we set his bond at 1500 we went through a case where my mom testified and she was also put in removal proceedings so then that's when I realized I need to learn where my family stands in the system. I need to know all there is to know about immigration policy and our laws. And that's when I decided to be an immigration attorney. So when I went to law school, I took every immigration class that I could, every clinic, every volunteer opportunity with our immigrant community because I knew the value and the importance of having good, competent uh, legal representation. That's why I do this work. It's because it involves my family. And when I decided to sue the president over DACA, it was my brother who I had in mind because he has an order of removal. And to have an order of removal in San Diego County means that you can get caught by Border Patrol or ICE at any moment. And then when I get the call, it'll be because he's already in Tijuana. I have clients that get picked up by ICE in the morning and then they call me later that evening from Tijuana as the family's trying to figure out where that person is. Because we're so close to the border, if you're from Mexico, you could be deported the same day. My brother has an order of removal. He could be deported at any time without DACA. And so when the president threatened DACA, I knew that I had to do something about it. And it's because of my brother that I have in mind and my parents that are still here undocumented after 30 years in San Diego County, still without a path to citizenship. Um, so that, that's why I do this work. And I remember Jeff Sessions saying, if you're undocumented in this country, you should be afraid. And the reality is that we have been afraid. With this administration, that anxiety has increased so much. It's like the small things that get to us, like the discrimination that we experience on a day-to-day -day that is like at a micro level, but at the end of the day, it, it takes a toll on you. If you just think about the things that we do from the moment that we wake up, whether it's uh, driving and you're just on the freeway and then you see, uh, even if it's a lo local law enforcement or if you see uh, ice, my dad starts to sweat and his stomach starts to turn and he gets so anxious because the possibility of being caught and deported means your life as you know it ends, right? The possibility of being put in a detention center, it's very real to us. And think of it, any situation where you have to present an ID. Like if you're a student, you obviously need an ID for things. If, you, if you're a worker, uh, you need an identification for things. Um, and it's that look that you get from people when they ask you for a social security number and you say, well, I don't have one. And they give you this strange look and they're like, what do you mean you don't have a social? We all have a social security number, right? When it's like uh, for getting a credit card, uh, the biggest challenges I remember we faced growing up and still today is renting a place. When you rent a place, they ask for your credit history which includes your social security number. If you're undocumented, you don't have a social security number. You don't have that credit history. And then proof of employment. Well, if you're undocumented, you're likely not working with a valid work permit. Then how are you supposed to show that you can afford to pay for this place if you're getting paid cash under the table, uh, if you don't get the pay stubs that everybody gets? 
right? So just think like everything that you do in a day, like getting a paycheck is different for those of us that are undocumented. And then how are you gonna show them that you can afford the place if people are asking for background checks? To submit that information, to go through a background check just to rent a place is a whole challenge in itself. So there we are trying to rent a place for my mom and we can't prove her income, we can't prove her credit, and we can't put her through a background check. How are we supposed to find housing? So it involves everything from finding a house, getting a car, registering that car, to getting a cell phone on credit. It's everything. Every, every aspect of your life gets somewhat impacted by not having a work authorization, by not having an ID, uh, by being undocumented and having fear that someone may deport you. That was Border Angels Executive Director Dulce Garcia speaking with KBCS's Mari McMiniman and myself. I'm Yuko Kodama. During this pandemic, Border Angels is still dropping off jugs of water in the desert to assist traveling migrants each week. The organization is also helping to build a structure in Tijuana to house migrants who are sick so they can self-isolate. You can go to the KBCS website to see some photos from the border trip by Dana Scherholtz. Special thanks to Jim Contu of KVRU and Leno Rosavila of Building Bridges for help with today's content. You can go to kbcs.fm for more interviews and stories.